Welcome to the Catholic Gentleman Podcast. Today I am joined by Alan Smith, who is the current director, uh, uh, executive director of the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Mission Society of Canada, and he's also a board member of the American Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Foundation based in Peoria, Illinois. And as you probably guessed by that introduction, uh, Alan is, is here to talk with us about Fulton Sheen. Thank you so much for joining us, Alan. Oh, thank you, Sam, for having me. It's uh, great to uh, be on this podcast because um, I think when you talk about Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, he truly epitomizes what a Catholic gentleman is. Yes, and I want to talk about that, how Fulton Sheen lived that out so well. But uh, I, I find it difficult to imagine that anybody listening to this podcast would not know who Fulton Sheen is. But just in case someone uh, is unaware of who Archbishop Sheen uh, was, can you share a little bit about uh, a brief synopsis of his life? Okay. Well, he was uh, born, um, you know, in 1895 in a small little town, El Paso, Illinois. Uh, grew up, uh, I guess, um, some people know him as in a farming community. Uh, but back in the old days, you did a bit of everything farming their parents owned a hardware store and uh, the father knew that he wanted education for his children so he moved the family into peoria illinois and there uh, fulton sheen was enrolled uh, in saint mary's and uh, of course just uh, fell in love with uh, his faith and um, you know went to school like so many other students but uh, really had a keen interest in studies um, there was stories of him you know, not loving farm work, but always wanting to put his nose in a book. And so uh, he excelled in academics. He uh, was gifted in that area, but uh, he always had this great love for the priesthood, uh, even at a young age. And, um, you know, he said to his parents, um, I knew I always had this call, but uh, I just had to wait on the Lord. So his uh, journey took him to, uh, you know, university. And uh, he, of course, uh, applied to become a priest and uh, was, uh, you know, formed uh, through the Diocese of Peoria. He was sent to Europe to study, and there he uh, received a number of doctorates, uh, a number of awards. Um, I know he uh, received the Cardinal Mercier Prize, and um, again, the first American to do it, and um, so had a great academic uh, career, of course, teaching at uh, the Catholic University of America, uh, but he spent many years, of course, just being a good priest. And, um, you know, his first humble assignments in Peoria uh, were to some poor parishes, and uh, he did very well. And, uh, you know, he asked his bishop, why did you put me into these poor parishes and not let me teach right away? Uh, but he said, I just wanted to see if you'd be obedient and humble. And he proved that. And then, of course, he went off uh, to teach. And while he was teaching at the Catholic University of America, he started to become the host of the Catholic Hour, which was 
a national radio broadcast that was heard uh, by close to 4 million people uh, each week. And so for 20 years, he gave a beautiful catechesis over the radio, uh, distributed his talks through uh, correspondence, transcripts um, in the tens of thousands. And uh, again, started to receive uh, what I call fan mail. But um, these were just people that wrote to him asking for prayers, asking for advice. And um, you could see he started to develop that ministry. People uh, saw him as a trusted voice. And uh, then uh, the Lord uh, opened up the doors for him to become an auxiliary bishop in New York. And uh, there he then was uh, invited to uh, go on television. And uh, many of us know of his great television work, his Life is Worth Living uh, television broadcast that won him an Emmy Award for uh, Outstanding Personality. And uh, again, 30 million people were tuning into his television broadcast. And uh, of course, the mail continued to come along with the donations that he uh, handed over to the poor. He was uh, for a number of years the uh, head of the Pontifical Mission Society of the United States of America, which was the group that, uh, you know, made sure that the propagation of the faith was shared in poor countries and that he would take those funds and build uh, hospitals and leprosariums and schools. And um, he started to be known all over the world for his charitable work. And of course, that was through the propagation of the faith. And um, you know, he was an avid writer. He not only was he on radio and television, he was, uh, some people say he's, he wrote 60 books, uh, some say 90. Uh, all I know is he was always writing and always sharing uh, timely wisdom with his audience. And uh, again, he spent the last 10 years of his life when he retired as the Bishop of Rochester, um, he spent time just giving priestly retreats uh, for um, Archbishop Sheen wanted to ensure that he knew that uh, the salvation of souls and the renovation of the church, what was the key was to renew the priesthood. And so he wanted to pour a lot of his energy, his time into helping priests, helping seminarians. And uh, we're seeing, of course, those blessings uh, come uh, full circle, I guess, in the sense that we've had many good priests that um, speak of how Fulton Sheen's writings touch them. And uh, of course, his holy habits of prayer that many people uh, are practicing today. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, but still, again, a full life, uh, 83 years. And of course, he died in 1979. And um, again, I think people always remember his uh, Good Friday homilies, his, um, his talks on the seven last words. And uh, again, um, those beautiful words from St. John Paul II that um, in the year of his death, 1979, uh, John Paul II came to New York City and uh, the two embraced. Uh, he sought out um, Fulton Sheen and so St. John Paul II um, embraced him, gave him a great hug and said, you've been a loyal son of the church. You've written and spoken well of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Um, and that's what it wanted to hear from uh, Peter. Of course, he uh, knew many popes over uh, his career. And uh, again, it was the affirmation he needed. So uh, a life well spent and uh, a life that uh, you can see that God took a little farm boy and made him into a saint. And so um, hopefully, again, that short little, <laughs> you know, uh, 
a history lesson uh, will bring everybody up to speed. So, yeah, no, that's that's wonderful. And as uh, Fulton Sheen, uh, he was just a dynamo of creative activity. I mean, you mentioned the many many books, but I mean also just constantly preaching, traveling, recording TV shows. I mean, just just an amazing uh, output from this man. Um, so I, I want to talk a little bit about his contributions, his charisms, his, his kind of gifts to the church and what we can learn from him today. So um, can we just start with, you know, what, what's kind of the impact that he's had? I mean, you mentioned 30 million people tuning into his program. I mean, did he make a lot of converts? Um, you know, was, there, was his show effective at evangelizing American culture? Why was he so popular? Yeah, well, they actually say that the church doubled in size, uh, especially in the 1950s. Uh, some may attribute it to everybody was home from the war. Uh, we were in peace, uh, times of peace, and uh, people went back to their faith to thank God for freedom, thank God for the victory in the war. Uh, but a lot of people point to Fulton Sheen's preaching as that reason. Um, you know, the, just the name of his show, Life is Worth Living, um, he really um, just delivered that message. He would tell each and every one of us, God has a plan for you, and your life is worth living. And he truly shared those beautiful love stories, the love story of the incarnation, uh, that God came into this world and took on human flesh, and that his mission was to go to the cross to die for our sins. And um, again, that we would have eternal life. And um, I think people started to buy into his joy. His joy was infectious. And he never really said, become Catholic. But I think people, when they looked at him and said, I want what he has. And there's something that he has that um, you can't imitate anywhere else. But... I think they started to realize it came from the Eucharist, the love of the Blessed Mother, the appreciation for the saints and the value of suffering. You know, he, get, he engaged people in this conversation, uh, especially about suffering, that uh, it is going to be part of your life and that our Lord suffered. And uh, every one of his programs, he would talk about topics, but he'd always bring it back to our Lord always bring it back to an example where he would speak about how our Lord was like us in all things but sin. Uh, he knew what hardship was. He knew what sorrow was, but he would always point to the Lord. And so I think that's why people appreciated him and he knew his scriptures. Um, you know, when they study the numbers, 30% of his audience were Protestant. Uh, the other 30% were Catholic. And, uh, and of course, a large um, percentage of Jews would listen to him. It's because he knew his scripture. And I think they felt this confidence. It's like, I think he knows Jesus. I think he's met Jesus personally, and that Jesus is his friend. And now we know that he met Jesus every day in the Blessed Sacrament, when he prayed his holy hour, but um, uh, people trusted him, they really did. And uh, again, without saying to people, become Catholic, I think he just asked people to start to pray and to start to uh, live their life uh, with God, uh, taking um, a bit more of, of a main focus. Um, 
And I think that's the struggle with the world today is that God, a lot of times, especially prayer, is lower on our priority list. Uh, we we kind of choose our loves, but uh, Fulton Sheen would always ask us to choose the higher loves, uh, the loves of our Lord, the Blessed Virgin Mary, um, you know, the sacramental life, all those things. But, um, you know, uh, we're always given choices, but Fulton Sheen would uh, always try to present to us the best choice, which is God. Yeah. Yes, and uh, I think I think of a term you were talking about how Fulton Sheen inspired this trust and this attractiveness just by his the goodness of his person. And it reminds me of a, a phrase, uh, you're Canadian, but another Canadian Catholic, Marshall McLuhan said uh, about the, the medium is the message. And, you know, that applies, of course, to TV and that sort of thing. But it also applies to evangelization, where if we're saying all the right things, and yet, as a person, our, our life does not line up with what we're saying, and our, our person as, a, as individuals, we are not attractive in the sense that we have something that people want, um, all of it's going to ring hollow. All of those truths, which may be objectively true, uh, are going to ring hollow. And yet, on the other hand, if like Fulton Sheen, we can live in such a way that our message becomes attractive, that our words take on a special force because they're coming from our, you know, our, our lives and we are striving for holiness and we're, we're truly united with Christ and we, people can tell that there's something there, we inspire trust, um, then our evangelization becomes that much more effective. And as you mentioned, you know, uh, Fulton Sheen was a tremendously holy man, but his holiness was really kind of a, a reflected holiness because he, 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 he did spend that holy hour in front of the Eucharist every day absorbing those graces that Christ had, wants to give all of us. Um, and that was really like the secret of his effectiveness. And he would have said that himself. Yes. You know, people ask him, how do you, how do, you do everything you do? <laughs> yeah. And uh, even from his early beginnings in the radio world, um, you know, the Catholic hour, uh, every week he would um, invite people to spend an hour in prayer. And uh, it didn't matter if you're Catholic or Protestant, he'd say, you need to develop this holy habit. Uh, but he'd also make the note to the Catholics to say, try to attend daily mass if you can. Try to spend an hour with the Lord uh, within the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. And even if you have to break it up in a half hour here and a half hour there. Uh, but uh, he really gave us... Um, you know, 10 good reasons to uh, make a holy hour. <laughs> and um, I mean, the first reason that I always think of is because it's the Lord. Um, he convinced so many people to truly believe in the real presence that our Lord is there, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. And so, um, and he really uh, helped us with that practice of just be still and know that I am God, like just listen <laughs> You know, the scriptures speak, Lord, your servant's listening. Uh, he would joke with us and say, you know, we go to be with the Lord and we do all the talking, uh, but uh, we need to do more listening. And uh, uh, Fulton Sheen truly listened and uh, it showed in his writings. And he, he said, you know, for every minute he spent on television, he would try to uh, give an hour to the Lord because that's how much uh, seriousness he had about his preparation. And, and I think that's one thing that I've learned from him, uh, especially, is that you have to study, you have to prepare, 
Um, a lot of us think we'll just wing it and somehow the words will come, but uh, no, he, he made sure that he had his notes, he uh, knew the material, uh, he asked the Lord his opinion, and of course, he even asked Our Lady. And so you knew he had this almost um, familial uh, relationship with our Lord and Our Lady, um, that uh, she was his mother. Um, and uh, you could almost see like a childlike love he had for the Blessed Virgin Mary. And he wanted to share that with all of us. And as you read through his books, um, he was never shy about recommending her. And um, I know that I've uh, sometimes a little bit shy, maybe sharing um, you know, to inviting everybody to pray the rosary or to be Marian, uh, but he was not shy. He recommended Our Lady to everyone to say, um, you know, our Lord gave his mother to us at the foot of the cross when he said, woman, behold your son, son, behold your mother. Um, she became a gift to us. And our Lord practiced great prudence in that he gave us um, exactly what we needed exactly what we needed and we need her in our lives uh, because we can't become holy without her she uh, is the key and we need this good mother in our lives so um, i think that's one of the things i've taken away from fulton sheen is to really spend time with her to develop that relationship with her apologize to her if you have to uh, but uh, have a marian devotion and uh, a real love uh, for her and, uh, you know, that with the Holy Hour really have helped literally hundreds of thousands of people. So, um, again, I'm sure that uh, you have the same opinion, I think, as you have read Sheen, Sam, and, uh, you know, truly enjoyed his teachings. I think those uh, Marian and Eucharistic themes uh, have really helped so many, like yourself. Yes, and I, I think of, uh, he lived quite a bit prior to Fulton Sheen, but uh, St. John Bosco had a famous dream um, that he, he recorded, and we know about now, but basically with the, he saw the ship of the church, you know, tossed by this violent storm, and, you know, the, the ship only found safe harbor um in the storm by there was two pillars set up that the ship passed between and was the storm calmed and the on one pillar was the eucharist and on the other pillar was the blessed virgin um and those themes uh, echo and they've only increased in urgency as the world has kind of gone through the crises of the 20th century um but they're just as relevant to us today as we face our own challenges in this century. Um, but this idea of Marian devotion and Eucharistic devotion uh, are, are two themes that are just constant. Um, and, and as you mentioned, John Paul II uh, communicated those two themes as well throughout his pontificate, great Marian devotion there, as well as uh, great uh, devotion to the Eucharist. And um, so I really think the, we need to heed those messages and, and seek to cultivate that devotion in our own lives. And I think um, God will do amazing things in the church and in the world um, as devotion to these, these um, key aspects of our faith uh, develop. And, and they're personal. They're, they're not abstractions. You know, that's the beautiful thing about them is they're not ideas. We can go to any Catholic church and encounter the Lord. Um, and, and we can pray the rosary at any time and encounter our Blessed Mother um, and, and these are realities that we need to take advantage of. 
Right. And I think to add to that, uh, there's the, the Eucharistic themes and the Marian themes that Sheen preached for years, but uh, it is that, um, I want to say, catechesis he gave us about the cross and the seven last words. And uh, I remember in the year that uh, Fulton Sheen died, it was his very last uh, Good Friday address, and he said, you know, that this is the 58th consecutive year that I've preached about our Lord's passion, his death and resurrection. And to think of someone that preached for 58 consecutive years about the cross and uh, truly living those words, words of St. Paul, if that, you know, that I preach Christ and him crucified. And uh, so Fulton Sheen uh, really took the time to, to remind us that we need to meditate on our Lord's passion, what he did for us, that he died for us. And uh, that great sermon from Mount Calvary, uh, we always think of the Sermon of the Mount, which is the Beatitudes, uh, but it is the sermon that he gave uh, his seven last words uh, from Mount Calvary. And uh, Fulton Sheen said, you know, there's no better preacher in all of history than the dying Christ, and there's no better sermon than the seven last words. And so it is those seven last words that have brought uh, so many people uh, great hope and consolation. Um, again, he wrote every year with a different theme, uh, tying in those reflections to the seven last words. Uh, you know, he spoke about the seven deadly sins and how the seven last words were the remedy for those sins. He talked about the virtues and the seven last words. He talked about the Beatitudes and the seven last words. And so every year he kept talking about the seven last words, but used um, different themes to uh, engage the culture, to get everyone to start looking through the lens of the cross. And uh, I tell you, that is something that I have really treasured is uh, Sheen's writings on the cross. And uh, I think of how uh, St. Thomas Aquinas uh, said it best when he said, I've learned more from the crucifix than any book. I've learned more from the crucifix than any book. And so Fulton Sheen, uh, was pointing us to the cross uh, every chance he could get. Amen, amen. And I, I, I want to pick that theme up again um, when we talk about practical applications that we can learn from Fulton Sheen. Um, but I want to touch briefly on uh, his sainthood cause, which is something that has made headlines uh, a little bit recently. Um, on and off. Um, but the idea that uh, he's a saint. Now, I think there's this mistaken notion uh, among some that if you're famous and you're Catholic, then, well, you should have a sainthood cause. Um, now, Fulton Sheen was obviously incredibly famous. Uh, millions and millions of people uh, learned from him, as we've already mentioned. Um, yet, is sainthood can never be about worldly fame. It has to be about true personal sanctity. So can you give us a little bit about um, Fulton Sheen's personal sanctity um, and how uh, he is truly worthy of, of sainthood. All right. Um, so I have to turn back the clock a little bit just so people would understand uh, that there is a process involved. And, you know, people always say, you know, how do you become a saint in the Catholic Church? And there is a process. And, and the Church has declared, you know, thousands of saints in its history. Uh, but in Fulton Sheen's case, he still had to uh, be put through a scrutiny, um, a process. And so, 
you know, in 2002, Bishop Janke, the Bishop of Peoria, uh, goes to Rome and asks that his cause be open. And uh, so the Vatican says, yes, we will give him the title Servant of God and uh, then say to, um, you know, the group, uh, now go on a fact-finding mission, uh, gather as much testimony as you can and uh, present it to us um, and uh, we'll discern uh, and we'll scrutinize uh, this report and uh, give you an answer. So um, a good amount of people went on that fact-finding mission to see uh, what uh, Fulton Sheen was all about. And uh, yet uh, witness after witness after witness talked about his personal holiness and how he took great interest in people that were in front of him, uh, the rich or the poor. Uh, all of those famous converts, uh, he encountered them personally and took an interest. Um, people who, of course, met him. You, you can tell when you meet someone who's holy, there's that, um, um, you know, the charism just flows. You just know that there's something very special about that person. And, and so many people said that, you know, that um, he was a gentle soul. He um, had great compassion on the poor, especially. Um, and uh, he knew that uh, many of us were suffering. And so uh, he, um, I like to say, brought Jesus to the people and he helped people come to Jesus. But uh, again, these, these hundreds of testimonies and um, the, um, the Diocese of Peoria, of course, uh, has uh, assigns a postulator in Rome and a vice postulator, um, you know, in the diocese that takes care of the, the cause. But um, Monsignor Sosman, uh, Monsignor Richard Sosman was the um, uh, priest that put together all these testimonies and put them into what we call a positio. And it's 2,000 pages. It's a huge volume. And uh, there was also letters from bishops who had worked with him, letters from priests. Uh, so it was the laity and the clergy. And uh, again, they interviewed as many people as they could because they wanted to see if there was a consistent see to these people's testimonies and there was there was and so they gathered all those together put them into the position paper or the positio and uh, gave it uh, to the people in rome at the cause of the saints and in the year 2012 pope benedict the 16th declared uh, archbishop sheen venerable um, and uh, it was based on those testimonies, but also based on his work, because the uh, Diocese of Peoria put together a crate, a large crate, full of Fulton Sheen's writings, his videos, his audio recordings, and the theologians and uh, those uh, members of the Congregation of the Saints went through all that material, scrutinized it, um, and was looking to see that it was free of error, and it was. And so when Pope Benedict XVI declared Archbishop Fulton Shane venerable, he was saying he's worthy of imitation. His writings have been tested and proven. Um, the testimony is true. It's been, um, you know, verified. So, um, you know, he passed the test. He passed the test. And, uh, of course, received that um, title of venerable. And then, of course, the, the next stage is that stage of a miracle. And uh, we saw that miracle approved of that beautiful story of the little boy that uh, was dead for 61 minutes 
and uh, came back to life through uh, the power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, through the intercession of the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. So um, um, again, in that, uh, again, it's just a power uh, that I think leaves many of us speechless. Um, but again, there's a process. And there's seven actual medical doctors on the panel of the cause of the saints. And so these were actual medical doctors that looked over the medical records, records and uh, deemed it to say, this is inexplainable. Uh, it truly is a miracle. So again, it's a, it's a process. And uh, it again, Fulton Sheen passed all of these tests with flying colors. Not that he's being tested, <laughs> but uh, there is a, a, a real scrutiny. And uh, so, um, you know, being close to the cause and being, of course, um, you know, working with uh, these good people in Peoria, Illinois, uh, I've kind of uh, been able to, um, you know, gather this information and share it with you today. Yeah, that's truly amazing. Um, and I, I do think he was a saint. I mean, I obviously never met him, but I, I just from from watching videos of him and listening to him preach and things like that, I think there was tremendous sanctity there. And um, so uh, I, I do hope the, and believe that he will be canonized someday. Um, and we can all in, in, invoke him as the patron saint of, of uh, media, <laughs> because that's really what he was. Um, but at any rate, uh, I want to get to some of the practical lessons that we can learn from him. Um, and specifically for men today. Uh, you know, a lot of us consume media, um, and yet we don't necessarily think about, um, you know, the fact that we are also creators of media now. We are, anyone with a Facebook page, anyone with an Instagram is, is a creator of media, in a sense, anyone with a YouTube page. So um, beyond that, though, I mean, th there's lessons that we can learn from him. Um, about how to be Catholic gentlemen. And you mentioned at the beginning of the program that he was kind of a Catholic gentleman, uh, a perfect example of one. What was it about him that made him such a Catholic gentleman and how can we learn from that? Right. Well, first of all, we look how he conducted himself. Um, you look at him on television, you know, always um, took the time to make sure that he was clean shaven, well-dressed, his shoes were shined, uh, the way he carried himself, uh, he meant to many events, and um, again, we just had the social graces. Uh, he had practiced those, of course, um, being raised in a very good family, but also spending time in Europe. Um, he picked up a lot of that, and so uh, he always said that I'm an ambassador for Christ, and so I need to dress the part and act the part. And so we we have to think that think of that. He's saying to us as Catholic gentlemen think like ambassadors, act like ambassadors. You are an ambassador for Christ. So uh, dress the part, speak the part, look the part, um, and take, uh, take it seriously. And, uh, but you'll find great joy in that. So I think just the way he conducted himself is, is a holy example. Uh, the second part is that, you know, he really uh, wasn't afraid to say to us, you're going to have to work. Um, and I think a lot of times, many men shy away from that word. It's almost like a four-letter word, the word work. But he uh, led by example. He worked on the farm. He worked at his studies. And he, he said, I'm not that good. He wasn't, at the beginning, a very good speaker. 
um, he was not the first pick on the debating team. And in fact, his mentor said, you know, you're going to have to really study hard and practice and uh, again, have a work ethic. And I think Fulton Sheen gives that to us. He says, uh, none of this came easy. It all came with hard work and study. Um, this very important element that I think a lot of us don't want to put in the time of reading our Bible, reading holy books. Um, again, I cannot stress enough the value of reading and uh, the value especially of personal prayer. Um, you know, Fulton Sheen, I'd like to say, because I know his writings on prayer very well, and I was able to put together an anthology, a collection of Sheen's little prayer books, and uh, he had a discipline that he wanted to uh, give people, almost like a regiment, where, you know, it's kind of like these seven-step programs, uh, but uh, he really, you know, wanted to say to men, you have to have, first of all, that uh, faith and belief in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, embrace the mystery and the beauty of the incarnation uh, that God uh, took on human flesh. Uh, he reminded us that this is a spiritual battle, that uh, this is not going to be easy. It is going to be that war of principalities and powers. And uh, I think men uh, sometimes don't always pick up that call to arms, that, uh, that engagement in spiritual battle. Uh, but I know it does uh, make men. Um, if you wake up every morning and know that there's going to be a battle, uh, it will help sharpen you. It is good for the soul. And uh, so it was important to uh, be reminded that it is a spiritual battle and that uh, we're going to have to have a spirit of prayer and sacrifice. Um, and that's lacking in so many men today is that spirit of sacrifice, especially um, laying down your life for your friends, uh, your family, um, you know, that spirit of sacrifice that the Lord gave the great example of laying down his life. Uh, but it is that combination of prayer and sacrifice that uh, Sheen is recommending to all, but especially to men. And uh, one of the things that I really found that he was very good at, that um, in men's ministry especially, is to have that holy habit of looking into your soul. Uh, we don't do that enough. Um, we're afraid of silence. Many men are afraid of silence, and um, they're afraid to have that conversation with themselves and with God, and they might have to actually look into their souls and not be happy with what they see. Uh, but it is the key to holiness. We have to look into our souls, address the issues that need some work, and to ask God to come into our lives and to help us uh, with that. But uh, those examination of consciences, not consciences, but the examination of conscience and all of that stuff. And to be, to have, you know, an encouragement, um, you know, to know that, um, again, you were made for eternity, get used to it. I, I think uh, it's not really a Fulton Sheen phrase, but after reading his writings on prayer and meditation, uh, he really wants you to become comfortable that you have a side of you that's eternal, that there is this thing called heaven, and <laughs> it is a beautiful place, and we can lose it. And um, uh, just, you know, his lines uh, in one of his books, especially, it was called Peace of Soul in 1949. Uh, it said, unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. And... I think that really is a battle cry for men today, especially that they 
you know, write that down and put it on their fridge, somehow put it in front of them to say, unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. It's the most important thing. So including saving your own soul. And uh, so that constant reminder and that uh, she knew that uh, you needed that help of the Eucharist to be fed and that relationship with the Blessed Virgin Mary to, um, to truly uh, have someone who uh, mothered the early church, especially the, uh, the disciples when our Lord ascended into heaven. Um, she mothered the infant church and she continued to mother and teach us and uh, point us to our Lord. Uh, I always say, if you want to be formed uh, like Christ and you want to truly become a good Christian, who better to go to than the woman who formed Christ, who made um, him what he is? And so she can help us. She can help us. So again, these little, I call them seven-step programs. Um, again, Sheen had two of them that he uh, put out in little prayer booklets. But um, I almost call it like God's gym, where you have to have that faith and belief, know that there's a battle, know that it's going to involve sacrifice, look into your soul, be encouraged, and go to the Eucharist and the Blessed Mother. And uh, there's your program. There you go. You will become a Catholic gentleman if you follow those seven easy steps. That's beautiful. Well, um, just to conclude, I mean, you mentioned uh, Fulton Sheen wrote somewhere between 60 and 90 books, but depending on uh, some of them are anthologies or collections or things like that. Um, but but that's a lot. <laughs> so if someone who is saying, you know, I'm intrigued, I want to learn more, I want to jump into his writings, uh, what book would you recommend? If you want to recommend more than one, that's great, but let's just start right. with one book. Yeah. The first book I recommend to everyone is to read Victory Over Vice. Um short little 100-page book. It is that um, uh, lesson plan of how to overcome the seven deadly sins using the seven last words. And, um, you know, it's, it's simple. I think a lot of us always think we have only one or two sins. Uh, but if we're honest, we probably struggle with all seven deadly sins, the sin of anger, the sin of envy, the sin of lust, the sin of pride, the sin of gluttony, the sin of laziness, and the sin of of, of uh, greed, but uh, Fulton Sheen gives a great um, uh, lesson plan of how to turn away from the seven deadly sins using the wisdom of the seven last words. And so I, I always start right there. I just say, Fulton Sheen was the first priest that made me feel guilty for my sin. He, he stirred in my heart this sorrow that uh, I started to realize that my sin cost the Lord his life and it cost our Blessed Mother to suffer. Uh, I actually made his mother cry uh, because she saw her son die on the cross because of my sins. And so uh, that sorrow caused me to, of course, uh, reconcile with not only our Lord, but Our Lady. So uh, you got to work on your sin first. And so I recommend Victory Over Vice uh, as your first uh, Sheen book to, to read. And um, and then, you know, I'm still partial to his books on prayer because if we need a plan, we need a study guide. And uh, I made it easy when I made the book, Lord Teach Us to Pray. It's, a, it's an anthology, a collection of Sheen's writings on prayer. Uh, he talks about the Our Father, the Mass, the Holy Hour, Stations of the Cross. Uh, it's produced by Sophia Institute Press and uh, can be find, found wherever fine books are sold. Uh, so it's called Lord Teach Us to Pray, and we all need help with prayer. And um, Life of Christ is the other book that I 
I strongly recommend that everybody have a copy of The Life of Christ. It's Sheen's Lexio Divina of Sacred Scripture, where he just unpackages everything that speaks to our Lord. Uh, Sheen explains it. Um, and again, just a couple pages a day will truly help you uh, find out who Jesus is. Um, you know, our mission in life is to get to know love, to know God, to love him and to serve him in this life. And you want to get to know who God is. You want to get to know who the, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is. Read Fulton Sheen's Life of Christ and it'll help you. So uh, those are my uh, recommendations. I, I like them all. Don't get me wrong. I've almost read all of them, but uh, I truly want to, uh, we need to, it's sin that separates us from God. So let's work on the sin and uh, the better we can pray, uh, the closer we'll get to God too. So uh, those are always my first two picks. Wonderful. Well, thank you. There you have it, gentlemen. Uh, start with those. Uh, and you could, there's always plenty more to read from um, um, beloved Bishop Sheen. So uh, just start there and you can keep going. Um, but thank you so much for being with us, Alan. It's been a wonderful conversation. And uh, do you have a website or something there people yeah. can visit and learn more about Bishop Sheen? Yes, yeah, Sam. Uh, my website is simple. It's easy to remember. It's just simply bishopsheentoday.com because we need Bishop Sheen today. And on the website, I just try to provide everything for free. Uh, there's a hundred YouTube videos from his television shows. There's, uh, you know, years and years of his radio broadcasts. There's uh, a few downloadable books. Uh, many internet sites have um, his pamphlets online that you can read. So uh, read Sheen, listen to Sheen, watch Sheen. Uh, it's all found on bishopsheentoday.com. And uh, so we get uh, a million visitors a year to that site. So it's, uh, it's a great little resource to, um, to find out more about Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Well, thank you so much, Alan. It's been, uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Sam. God love you.